This is episode number 16 with dating and relationship expert, Renee Slansky. Hello, beautiful human. Welcome to Grow With Ryan Magic, where each week I have open and honest conversations exploring different ways for you to grow. I'm a speaker, an entrepreneur, and a self-confessed growth junkie. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. I really am pumped. So let's get into it. Renee Slansky is the founder of the number one dating and relationship online magazine, The Dating Directory. She's an international dating relationship coach, a mindset coach, a writer, a thought leader for some of the largest online publications and magazines such as Huffington Post, Mamma Mia, Elite Daily, and many more. She's worked alongside some of the biggest global dating sites, apps like eHarmony, Plenty of Fish, and she's also an ambassador for My Single Connections. Uh, Renee has got a pretty gangster YouTube following as well, close to 100,000 people, where her mission is to educate people in love and self-awareness, breaking limiting beliefs, and setting people up to find and cultivate healthy relationships. We put the bio to the side like I always do, and I was actually Renee's OG client, original gangster client. And this is like four or five years ago. And when Renee first stepped into doing this work and she blew up, she was an amazing coach for me. I've actually engaged her recently off the back end of a recent breakup to uh, help me with my self-worth and transition through that as well. And she's a great friend of mine. And this interview in particular was one of the most practical gold nugget knowledge bomb interviews that I've done just full of gems when it came to dating and relationships, just practical tip, practical tip. So what you're going to learn is how to move on from a breakup, how to approach dating the right way, how to create healthy balances in relationships, creating individuality in your relationships, attracting your dream partner, how to stop attracting the undesired relationships, what makes a relationship thrive, how to deal with and resolve conflict, the fundamentals to creating a healthy relationship, keys to a sustainable relationship, creating more honesty, openness, and truth, the most important way to communicate with your partner, and the most important parts of any relationship, and so much more. So as you can tell by that, there was so much gold in this interview. And this is just a must listen slash watch for anyone that wants to have a dream relationship. So as you're going through this, when you get these knowledge bombs pop up, just pause the interview. I know I always say to do this, but I actually mean it. Pause it, copy the link, send it to a friend. They're going to thank you for it. I'm going to thank you for it. You know, I do this uh, podcast for joy and connection as well. So If you haven't reached out to me, just to connect in and let me uh, know what you think of the podcast, please do. Just send me a message at TheRyanMagic on Instagram. And uh, it means the world to hear from you guys. And if you rate, review, and share the podcast, I'm going to love you all the more. Not that I've got conditional love for you, of course. So anyway, as we're going through this interview, enjoy. Make sure you're taking lots of notes. So without further ado, let's dive in with the one and only Renee Slansky. So welcome to the Grow with Ryan Magic podcast. Today, I'm here with a really special friend, a mentor of mine, Renee Slansky. So welcome on. It's so great to have you here. And uh, yep, go for it. Thank you. I'm excited. I was, um, when you messaged me, because obviously we've known each other for, oh gosh, like I think four or five years now. Yeah. 
I was like, oh my gosh, we have not had a good catch up and a good talk in absolutely ages. So I'm really excited. Yeah. And as I mentioned just before, I do this just as much uh, for my own enjoyment and my own joy because I love having these conversations as I do for all these beautiful listeners that are tuning in as well. So there's so many things that I'm looking forward to asking you since we've been, it's been ages since we've done mentoring and I'm fresh out of a relationship. So <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's funny because I've seen your growth right from the start. Um, you know, when I first met you and you were just getting out of that relationship at that time and going through a breakup and I've seen you have this like not even just personal transition through your relationships, but also through your businesses and things like that. So for me, it's been like, you know, even like I, sometimes I watch from a distance and I check in on you and I don't know if you know that, and I'm just like, I just like to see what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been awesome to be able to watch you develop over this time. Thanks, Renee. I really feel your support. Yeah, I really have. I've noticed that you've checked in and, and see how I'm going and I appreciate that. So there's yeah. lots of things that I want to ask. Obviously, you're a fantastic expert from the in personal development and mindset coaching, but also like very specifically with dating coaching and relationship coaching. So there's such a broad spectrum of things that you mm. can talk to. And I'd like to ask questions in both of those categories. And I'd also really love to even talk a little bit about your personal journey in business. So we've got a mm. we've got lots of things we could talk about. What I'd love to to kick off with is uh, about just where so at the moment i've just fresh i'm fresh out of a relationship obviously you knew danny as well amazing soul and Mm. we've we've been really lucky to 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 be conscious enough to have a really the most beautiful conscious uncoupling you could possibly have which is just really lucky and we've, we've got each other's support but now we're both legitimately talking to each other about Mm. who we uh, want to attract and what we've learned from the relationship mm. at some point in the future. And we can have these open conversations. I'd love to know for you, what advice would you give someone when they're just come out of a relationship uh, mm. and they have the intention of attracting someone at some point in the future? What do you think are some of the key pieces of advice you'd give someone, aka me, coming fresh out of a relationship? I think if you've just come fresh out of a relationship, there's going to be things to process that you're not aware of and that only time will reveal. And it doesn't matter how much uh, conscious thinking that you're doing or how much uh, emotional maturity you have, there still is a process to be able to have. We can accelerate processes, but there's still a process. There's still a way to go Uh, through. And I think that that there's some- Sorry to jump in. Is that somatic? Hmm. Because for me, like when it meaning like in, in your body, because so say, for example, in my case, I've, I've created space, like taking myself away and just create some space mm. for, for, to allow for things to come up. Um, emotion has come up naturally without any space and I've cried mm. and gotten mm. sad, spoken through things with friends. And like, it's been a lot of anxiety coming up for me recently and it doesn't feel relevant to the relationship, but I feel like it's relevant to certain parts of myself that I may have suppressed in the relationship or certain parts of me that I never really saw when I was in a relationship. So I kind of feel like it's relevant to the growth or what that relationship allowed me to do with my own growth journey, but not necessarily directly to do with the romantic relationship Mm. and and the loss or the grieving of the relationship. Mm. That makes sense. I think, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that anxiety is a signal. 
And those signals are obviously triggered by circumstances. It's like when your brain uh, goes into stress mode, okay, which is anxiety. It's basically a, um, a, a mode to be able to keep you alive, right? It's like when people have panic attacks, your brain sees something and it magnifies it to work out, okay, why is he freaking out? Why is she freaking out? And then it makes everything heightened more so. When we experience anxiety and we don't necessarily know where it's coming from or why am I feeling that because we feel like we have a sense of control or understanding over the situation, most of the time it's deep-rooted fears which have been triggered by events or circumstances and it's all mainly coming from that unconsciousness. Now, this might be things that you've experienced in your childhood which have then been triggered by change. Okay. doesn't necessarily have to be triggered by a person. Sometimes it can be triggered by change. And in your mind, you think, well, hang on a second. I'm not feeling anything bad against her. I'm feeling totally okay. Why then am I feeling, and I'm totally okay with this situation. Why then am I feeling some sort of anxiety about it? And it's not necessarily because of her or the situation. It's more because of the change and the growth that's coming from this, which could be triggering things that you have felt when you've gone through other stages of growth, you know, when you were going through your first um, uh, major breakup or when you were going through transitioning into your first business and stepping out of your comfort zone and all this sort of stuff. It can be triggering something that your brain recognises. Hang on a second, there's change here, there's growth here. Mm. And, and your brain obviously has a neurological pathway and it's something that you have to learn. Neurological pathways or your preferences never go away okay mm. they're always there the mm. only difference is, is that we have the power of choice the power to choose i'm going to think this way instead or I'm with, a, with awareness way. right right exactly yeah. but your preference is something that will always be there mm. now whether you decide to allow your preference to drive your life or conscious thinking to drive your life yeah. That is obviously what will produce different results. And so what happens is, is you may not realize that certain preferences are then triggered by when you have mm-hmm. events, hence why anxiety comes up and you're thinking, well, why am I feeling this? I'm actually okay with it. When really it's just, again, a neurological reaction. Yeah. So as an example of a preference in, in the way that you define a preference, like a, uh, our personality, our ego is formed based upon how we were taught to show up and how we were nurtured as children. So for me, yeah. my preference is success and achievement because my dad recognized me when I achieved. That's my strategy. Yeah. It's part of my personality. And I, yeah. I, like a big thing, a big part of me when I start to unravel that was like, okay, I start to shame that because I realized I was like, whoa, this is something I, it was a preference. I didn't even realize that was driving mm-hmm. me. I thought I had choice, but it wasn't actually choice in that moment <laughs> because I was no. unaware of it. And then I started to shame it. I was like, whoa, there's this part of me that's just like this conditioning and these neural pathways that you're talking about that are firing without me even knowing what the hell. And I start to shame it. Um, but I've since learned that it's okay uh, to have. It just needs to be tamed and not shamed. But is this what, what you're t- talking to with preference? Yeah. Like your, yes. Your so basically... Yeah, your preferences are things that happen up until I think it was until you're about 14 years old, okay? Mm -hmm. So when you're 14 years old, we don't really like, you know, a lot lot of that is like us being a child, right? And so Mm -hmm. we're just subjected to our environment and subjected to whatever it is that our parents are at us and whatever happens to us as, as a kid. And so that is forming all our decisions, our choices, our preferences, this sort of thing. And it's not until we become an adult that we have to 
almost unlearn some of the things that we've just been subjected to and that's obviously where the power of choice comes in and so what I find is that people get to a point in their life where either they're repeating the same cycles whether it's in a relationship or they have the same anxieties come up and up and up and they're like what's happening here why is it happening and it's not that you're broken it's not that you know there's something necessarily wrong with you it's just you have been given this preference purely because of the circumstance or the family that you were born into or whatever has happened to you during that time. And it's just created a scientific neurological pathway in your brain that goes, this equals this, this equals this. And it's like people who think, um, you know, abuse equals love for people that have uh, Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm syndrome for people that don't know is basically when someone that wounds you, someone that controls you, abuses you, and you see them as your saviour right? Because Mm. your brain thinks, oh, this attention equals validation or equals love, even though it's really unhealthy, you know, Mm. and it becomes this preference. Now, obviously it isn't right. And that's what we have to do. We have to understand that just because we feel a certain way or do a certain thing, that doesn't have to be our identity. And so when I think it comes to a breakup, I think you have to allow yourself to go through the grieving process because Mm. there will be a range of different feelings and emotions that will come through, which can be partly because of your preferences and also partly because you're um, letting go of someone. Don't forget that when you've been in a relationship with someone, you have an attachment to them. Mm. You have a, a bond with them, especially if you've been uh, sexually active with them. There is a, a spiritual bond. There is a chemical bond. There is a physical bond, all of that. Mm. And so letting go of that bond is something that it takes time. Yes. And it is something that your brain has to start to accept because it's like you've had this drug and now this drug's been taken away, which is oxytocin, right? Mm-hmm. Oxytocin is released when women have sex, but it's only released for men when they have commitment. Mm-hmm. So if you've had a committed really sexual cool. relationship with someone, that's that's your heroin, right, for your brain. Mm-hmm. And then and then you've had it a partner. Not only that, you've you've been with her for obviously a couple of years, with Timmy for a couple of years. And so it's kind of like, okay. You, when you've been in a relationship with someone for a couple of years, you, you have your way to think together. You have your own little nuances with each other, and it's yeah, almost there's like a whole third it. entity. There, it's like a whole third exactly. Living being. You yeah. become one. You become yeah. one. And so, if you divide that one, there's going to be some sense of loss. There's going to be yes. some sense of anxiety, confusion, processing. Mm. Um, and I think it's important to sit with those feelings not necessarily wallow in those feelings, but definitely sit in those feelings. And I think that whilst you might have in your head, okay, well, what's the next sort of partner that I want? It's always good to be able to have some sort of idea of that. However, I don't think that you should necessarily engage in actively seeking that out straight away until you've given yourself minimum, I like to say minimum three months of some sort of processing of of the last relationship. Yeah. You, you mentioned heaps of really cool things there, by the way. I loved what you said about oxytocin being released from the woman's body uh, in, when the woman has sex and in the man's body when he actually <laughs> commits. That's so true. Mm. And that's like such mm. an equivalent of like the intensity of what a big deal it is for a woman to have sex with a man and in terms mm. of physically and their physiology and what a big deal it is for a man to commit. It's, it's That's really cool. Uh, and there was heaps of cool things that you mentioned there. I remember last time when we, because you guided me through my last breakup uh, mm. with, with uh, my ex ex partner Katie, mm. 
And I essentially left that relationship after being in it for five years. And I went out there like a couple of days later and I approached like 30 women in the city and got like eight phone numbers and was just like, did you on the tune? And you're like, mate, just have to, do you remember that? Let's scale it down a bit. Yeah. You're like, you're not allowed to see anyone, but I, I don't really feel uh, this is a, a, a true belief of mine. I don't feel like the chances are high of meeting your real, uh, like for for God or the universe to bring that divine partner into your life through you actively pursuing it with an attachment and some kind of like necessity mm. to bring it in. I feel like, mm. and, and remember when I was uh, dating the woman before Danny, the day mm. that I ended that relationship, I was thinking, all right, I'm going to have some space now. And on that day, I just mm. happened to to meet Danny at a conference that I never thought like it, it wasn't even something I could have controlled. It was just like, boom, she just popped in, and I was like, mm. that is crazy. Like when you li- and I feel like that's usually my experience has been these really be- the most special and amazing things that are more experience based in life happen when you least expect it, like the magic moments of life, and it, and I, I can really attest to that, and and it's been true for me. Mm. Well, they say the saying, you know, when you're not looking, you find it. Um, Not looking doesn't mean that you're not aware of what you want because I think in order to be able to identify it when that person comes along, you have to be able to have some sort of criteria, Um, obviously knowing the difference between your needs and your wants and what's fundamental to be able to have a healthy relationship. But I think coming any any place in anything life whether it's business whether it's you know friendships whether it's relationships that are romantic if you're coming from a place of fear and lack you are coming you are going to attract what you don't need or what you don't want and Mm. when you're coming from a place of abundance which is usually you don't have this fear of missing out you don't have this i need to quickly date everyone because what if i don't find love Mm. um or there's no one out there then you know, it's a completely different attitude. It's a completely different conviction. And our convictions obviously shape our thought patterns and our thought patterns manifest what it is that we want into our life. Yeah. I I found it really interesting when you said that you, you have a bond with someone when you're in a relationship and you mentioned the different layers, like there's the spiritual bond that you have, there's the emotional bond, there's the physical bond, the chemical bond. There's all these different types of bonds. And I think that a lot of people, even with me, there's so many things that I'm not aware of that play out. But I, one thing that I'd be really curious to get your perspective on is the mm. degree to which relationships are just divinely orchestrated. Like it's all, or even if it's not divinely orchestrated, the the way that people match together, you just it's just so crazy how people will cons- consistently attract the same type of people mm. that mm. they would have no idea. And I, I, even me, like I had no idea how do I happen to attract someone that, that reflects or triggers my own deep insecurities from childhood and creates that like, just, it, it just couldn't, mm. couldn't be planned mm. if it was tried. Like, it's just so divinely orchestrated for you to find people that just match all those different layers of, uh, of the parts of who we are, like the, our spiritual selves, our emotional selves, our physical selves. There's just all these different layers in which we attract someone and then they happen to just fit in a certain way. Mm. So what what would you recommend to someone to do? Let's say they weren't fresh out of a breakup and uh, they they aren't in that category of needing some time to process like I am. 
If you were talking to someone who just wanted to attract their ideal partner, what what sort of activities do you get them to do? Some to be able to if they to be able to figure out what their unhealthy patterns are, mm. then be able mm. to create some more. Uh, I'd say calmness or detachment, healthy detachment from uh, being able to repeat these same kind of toxic patterns that mm. play out in relationships in terms of who they attract or how they behave in those relationships. I think one of the good ways to understand why you're in a certain position is look at who you've been dating in the past. And it's almost like do a little bit of a, a mug lineup and look at, okay, what are the similarities between the this person and this past. person and this, right? <laughs> it's like a criminal lineup. Okay, so why was I attracted to this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy or this girl, whatever. Yeah. And try and find the similarities between um, not only their personality traits but also their physical traits as well, mm. okay? Um, because someone's character can also be shown through their physical appearance. For example, if you are someone that is really into older men, okay, you're, and I'm talking like maybe 15, 20 uh, year age gap, um, obviously their physical trait will be, okay, maybe they've got gray hair, they've got a couple of wrinkles. Um, why is it there? Maybe it's because you were abandoned by your own father, okay? And so, you know, you have this sense of abandonment issues and so you're looking for this father figure to be able to replace that. It's something that it takes self-reflection obviously and I think it takes education I think a lot of people are out there and they're dating and they recognize okay well there's some sort of pattern going on here I'm obviously dating people that can't commit or I'm dating narcissists or I'm self-sabotaging right I'm pushing away the people that I know are actually good for me what Mm. you have to look at the why and it was always okay why is this happening why am I in this position now the why doesn't necessarily mean that you need to dissect yourself in order to be able to receive love. And one of the frustrating things is I get a lot of women who come to me and they're like, I've seen therapists for years. I've seen psychologists for years. I even get, I even coach now psychologists and therapists myself. Mm. And they're just like, dissect, dissect, dissect. What do I need to change about me to be able to be worthy of love? What do I need to do to be able to receive love? Mm. And if you become so focused on feeling that you have to cure yourself in order to be able to receive love, you've missed the whole point in the first place. I personally believe as, as a Christian woman that love is there for you and you've been created to receive love and give love. It's just a matter of stepping into that. Now, obviously, there's some level of accountability. We need to make sure that we're meeting heart to heart, not wound to wound. And meeting wound to wound is not being aware of who you are and also not being aware of what is fundamental to attracting and building a healthy relationship. People have been given access to dates and they've confused access to dates with access to love. And so they're going on there, they're on Tinder, they're on, you know, all these different dating apps and they're just like, yeah, 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 I'll swap it, why haven't I still found love? And we have to understand that just because you've been given access to something doesn't mean that it doesn't come with responsibility in choices. Mm. So going, okay, I want to go out there and date someone. I'm attracted to tall, dark, handsome men who like motorbikes and are a bit of an alpha male. He's not always available. So I love the chase. I love the drama. 
Why do, why do I like this? And this is where it comes and goes, okay, well, do you realize if you go down this path, this is the consequence of this. If you go down this path, this is the consequence of this. And mm. it's almost like we have to learn to fall in love with what and who is good for us, which takes discipline. And it also takes a little bit of rewiring our brain. Now, the way that we do that is we don't obviously force ourselves to go, well, I'll just settle for commitment over chemistry, but understanding, okay, why do I feel this pull to someone that I know is emotionally unavailable? You know, is it because, okay, maybe I never had a father that was available to me. So I've always feel that I have to try and win or prove or achieve or perform for somebody's love. Um, Obviously, okay, that's not healthy. Right. I've got the understanding of the why. I don't necessarily need to dissect it even further. What I need to do is put actions into place that help rewire my brain to say, no, 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 this is what real love is. This is how a healthy love should be. And that might be something as simple as getting out of your comfort zone and saying yes to someone that you wouldn't normally say yes to Mm. because you're now basing it not necessarily in attraction or chemical, physical attraction straight away. You're basing it on character. You're basing it on, hey, this guy was actually a gentleman. He actually called in advance instead of just leaving me hanging. I might get to know him more yeah. and giving yourself a chance. I'm not saying you have to force feelings. There still needs to be attraction there and chemistry yeah. there. It is a fundamental. However, I think you have to look beyond just that because you can't just always rely on, well, I'm attracted to this. Therefore that's all I can have because that's all I want. Yeah. You know, it has hey, to be this, this is easy that. for you to say when you and Stan are the hottest couple on the planet. <laughs> 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 Look, well, I went through a lot of crap to get that. Yeah, funny enough, I um, when you talk about divine connection, I also believe that um, if you have a desire in your heart, that desire is an indication of what is meant to be fulfilled. And mm. so if you have a type, let's talk about types here. For me, a type, I, I knew I needed to be with a leader. And I was always, if I could sum up one word that of a man that I want to be with, it is a leader. Mm. And then I think about, okay, what does a leader encompass? A leader doesn't encompass someone who's arrogant and who bosses someone around and who's a bad boy who commands attention. A leader is someone who has a strong sense of identity. A leader is someone Mm. who's able to adapt. A leader is someone who's able to grow. A leader has a sense of kindness in them. You know, we've got to look at, okay, what if we do to break it down a little bit, because that will help you then identify the difference between if you've got two males in front of you, they're both alphas, which one is going to have the real qualities of someone that is actually able to give you a fundamental healthy relationship. And look, I went through 10 years. I'd love to jump in and summarize some of this because you've gone through so much powerful stuff Mm. here. So essentially you do a mug lineup, you get all the mugs you've dated in the past and you just put them in a line (laughs) and you go, what are the, what are the patterns here? What have I attracted? And Mm. you don't get yourself in this state where you obsess over like just studying it to the point that you just Mm. like, you know, feel like that things have to be perfect until you can find love. But you mm. look at where the, the real core problems have continued to show up. So if you dated someone that's treated you in the wrong way, like what are the big kind of obvious standouts here? And then what yeah. are the new, like what are the big obvious problems and what are the nuances and the patterns that you can see within those problems? And so mm. once you've done that, then you can kind of just do some logical thinking around maybe why have you attracted that? But then on the same token, like once you can see the pattern, you still might have a desire for a certain kind of person. It's not saying that we're going to, that desire is wrong, but it's looking at the healthy 
conscious mm. element to that desire and being mm. able to chunk up and because you because let's say for example for me i could desire to be with a woman that's very sexual but there's mm. like from a day-to-day perspective there's like a level one sexual woman that's like uh s- using sex as a way to get and manipulate mm. And then there's a woman that's level two that suppresses her sexuality and goes, no, I'm not sexual. I kind of, you know, going to put on my business shirt and that's all. And that's, and you know, suppresses her sexual. And then there's a level three woman that actually wants to give sexuality, like wants to embrace the sexual element of who she is. And she's really in touch with her sexuality in a really healthy way. And so it's just like looking, how can you find the conscious version of what you desire and what you really desire there? Like what's the real, if you, if you would go deeper there or more conscious or more heart centered within that in a way where you were actually going to be treated in the, in the most amazing way, what would that person look like so that you can potentially then make some, some more healthy choices moving forward with that? And, and I think it's not just desires. This is where people get tripped up. Can't just be desires. It has mm. to also be needs and needs are necessity. Needs are, this is fundamental. Okay, for example, you have a desire to be with someone that is quite sexual, okay, Um, because you want to have a lot of sex in your marriage or your relationship, okay? Now, sex is obviously a necessity in a relationship to be able to keep recreating that bond between two people and to be able to enhance intimacy, okay, Mm -hmm. because you can still have intimacy without sex. The difference Um, is... That's exactly right. For me, it's about pleasure, sexuality is about like actually prioritizing deep connection and pleasure and sex that could be in sex or it could be outside of sex. Right. So the want is the amount of sex. The need is the quality of sex. Mm. Okay. So the wants are like added bonuses. Um, For example, if a woman is like, okay, I want to have a guy that is, um, you know, a, a great, just a genuine guy, a great, like a great guy that um, maybe is, um, you know, doesn't have children. Okay. He's, he's not a single dad. He, he doesn't have children. So he's ready to have his own or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, you know, a desire that you have. Now the need out of that situation would be, okay, who is he as a person? Is this someone that is able to give you the fundamentals of a relationship, you know, um, is he someone that treats you right? Is he someone that, um, you know, because you might, a girl might end up meeting a single dad who's absolutely an amazing person and she's like, oh, nobody has children, his children. It's like, hey, but how does he handle that situation of having children? It doesn't directly affect the quality of your relationship. Mm. So I think like we can't just keep going, this is what I desire, I desire, I desire, because what I find people do is we especially nowadays because there's so much mm. coaching out there and things like that and everyone's like just manifest just manifest i'm like no 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 no. let's let's get back to the fundamentals here because this is a relationship this is real talk so, that's right this is like it's kind of like <laughs> back to school people <laughs> no, but it's true because there's a lot of woo-woo stuff out there where it's like mm. no you just need to go with feelings no 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 you need to go with facts as well you need to balance it out with facts there are certain fundamental things that are needed to make a relationship healthy because we are humans and we have fundamental needs and a relationship Mm. has fundamental foundations that have to be there and if one person has it and the other person doesn't that is never going to work if two people have it they can make it work it can't just be based off i need someone that is sexual i need no what is the quality of the sex does it enhance intimacy 
because mm. intimacy is what keeps a relationship alive, not sex. Yes. Okay. And on top of that, you know, because totally intimacy is that. more intimacy is vulnerability, intimacy is trust, intimacy is being able to talk about things, mm. intimacy is affection, intimacy is being able to understand this each other is when juicy. nothing is said. So it's about going into, it's, it's about asking the why. So it's like, instead of just being like stuck on the surface layer of things, it's like asking yourself, why do you want that? And what does that really look like? So if a woman wanted to be with a dude that was like really muscly, it's like, why do you want to be with that? Is it because you want to be with someone that you feel safe around? Is it because you want to be with someone that takes care of his health? Like what's the, what's the depth to it so that you can then have a greater range and you're not just stuck in a box and you're also yeah. like seeking that you've got more clarity in what you're really looking for, not what you're kind of like short-term gratification is seeking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And like, for me, I was always like, well, <laughs> talking about muscles, um, I always dated men that had super muscly hot bodies. Because mm. um, you're a model as well yourself. So you No. Were- well, funny enough, I wasn't really into the models. I was No, it was because my father was really into fitness, to be mm. honest. My dad was this, this hero to me growing up, um, even though he wasn't an amazing father growing up, but he was someone that was really into fitness. I started doing weights when I was 12 years old because my dad was doing weights. Like I was like, I'm into fitness. I appreciate the discipline behind that. For me, it's not, ooh, sexy muscles. For me, it's, ooh, that person's mindset represents that they have discipline when it comes yeah, to their body. Yeah, and I really they know care you. care about their I, health. Yeah, I really know that to be true with you as well. I just couldn't mm. see you really giving that much of a shit around someone's muscles. No, I, I really appreciate it. It's and I love it. But for me, it's not like, it's not a, necessarily just because of the sexual thing. It's because that is a mindset mm. thing. Um, yeah, so I think, it's so powerful. So it's asking the mm. why behind what you're looking for, really getting mm. to the crux of it. That's such an awesome point. Mm. I really love what you said as well about not just being stuck in infatuation with what you're looking for, but understanding what that really means. So if you're like, I want yeah. this, guy, you know, I want to be, I just want this guy to sweep me off my feet. It's like, well, what's the, you're looking at the benefits of the situation, but you're not also looking at the drawbacks that will come from that same situation. Yeah. So you've got an imbalanced perception, which means you're going to go in, be disappointed because you ultimately never saw the full picture. And now you see the mm. full picture and you think this is, this guy just has something wrong with him or this girl has something wrong with them. Now I'm just going to mm. go look for the same thing when you've got an imbalanced mm. perception of what it means to be with this type of charactered person. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why setting the pace is really important when you first start dating um, yeah. because it gives you a time to be able to sit back and assess the process and assess that person's character. Yeah, I would never have done that in the past and like I couldn't even imagine myself not doing that. It would be almost impossible once you kind of like have awareness over the importance of like the, the deeper dynamics in the relationship because with Danny and mm. I on paper, we're both really beautiful, conscious people that care a lot about each other and care a lot about similar things. Like we, we our visions are so similar, but there's a, uh, there's an emotional disconnect, hmm. and and it's not something that you would figure out until you pass the honeymoon phase necessarily, or or without at least having that depth and that understanding of what you really want and why you really want it. I kind of I just skipped on through this sort of stuff, didn't really take hmm. the time. Um, and I think, like, I can imagine that would be pretty normal for most people. So how, like, what are the kind of parameters around that that you suggest? Like, do you have any basic guidelines around how people should approach that? Yeah. I think, you know, taking time to get to know someone's 
character and their default and their default is basically who they really are okay so yeah, their preference that. is who they are when they're, they're not on their best behavior when they're not trying to win you over which yeah. is basically when the honeymoon period stops okay yeah. um and typically the honeymoon period lasted usually about two years now i believe that if you have a level of awareness about yourself because of what you've chosen in the past and where you're at and you're consciously growing within yourself it will also help you give you awareness of the person that you're with and their character and where they're at now i say that the biggest indication that your relationship is healthy is there's two things there's peace and there's progress okay peace doesn't mean that there won't be absence of conflict conflict is healthy in a relationship and conflict is necessary how that person handles conflict will affect whether or not there is peace and whether or not there is unity in your decisions and your morals and the way that you're heading and that connection will also affect whether or not there's peace in your relationship. Progress is obviously you're still growing and they're still growing. It's not one person's outgrowing the other. It's not you're growing in different directions. Progress is you're both moving in the same direction. Now, that that's not always going to happen. There will be moments where maybe you grow a little bit more and then she'll grow a bit more and then you kind of find where that even ground yeah. is and, and you move. I've heard this referred to as, as the slinky effect where yeah. it should be like one comes up and then the slinky kind of comes together and the other comes up and then the slinky comes together and the other comes up and it's, it could be either or. Whereas like I've definitely, the, like if I do my little mugshot lineup, it was definitely like finding people to save. And that's kind of like, that's been my pattern. And as a result, the slinky has not been always been balanced. It's the most balanced that it's ever been with Danny. It was pretty fair. Um, But definitely that's my, my mug, the mug trend for me. Yeah. And the thing is, is that people often think, well, you can have growth in, in one part and he can have growth in another part. You don't always have to have growth in the same parts. Mm. Sometimes Growth individually in separate areas helps bring the the unity in that relationship and brings the balance in the relationship. I was saying to a client the other day, I was like, you know, um, balance in a relationship is different to making up for someone else's lack, Mm. okay? So, for instance, masculine balance is feminine, okay? Having someone that is overbearing someone that is um being aggressive and then you're trying to make up for that lack within them by being turning into a doormat and doing whatever they want or being over nurturing or things like that that's not going to that's not healthy balance in a relationship what are some examples of some healthy balances that is you compensating for their lack So balance would be, okay, for example, um, I'll use my own relationship. Um, Stan is someone that is um, quite hits everything on the head, likes to be able to um, make a decision and very confrontational, okay, very like he's a true leader. He's like, you know, was in the the army for 11 years as an officer and he's been in some pretty full-on fights and, uh, served in Afghanistan and, and, and had a lot of like, uh, you know, make quick decisions like this, blah, 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 blah. For me, whilst I'm a leader, my way to lead is also to sit back and to have wisdom and perspective. Mm. And so my way to bring balance to his, let's do this, blah, 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 is to go, hmm, okay, let's think about it for a second. Let's look at all things. Let's not react. Him is react. 
because in the army you have to react, you have to think. Let's go. Do, do, do. My way is I'm going to respond. I'm going to take a moment to think about it. Let's look at it from this perspective and this perspective. Let's just take time. Let's take five minutes to sit down and think about it and talk about it. And then let's choose a response that's going to serve the situation best. Yeah. So, you know, a man's role, let's say biologically and scientifically, is to be able to, you know, to conquer, to to go out and fight and, and to have make territory and and mm-hmm. to hunt. A woman is to nurture you know, to be able to bring that feminine energy of nurturing and, and taking that moment to calm him down. You know, mm-hmm. if someone is overly heightened in a relationship emotionally because they're triggered by a situation, balance would be, okay, how do I bring this back to level ground again? Mm-hmm. Compensating for someone's irresponsibility or someone's lack would be dismissing toxic behaviour. Yes. in order to be able to just try and keep, keep pace, the pace which, yeah fake pace because then it mm. builds resentment and it pushes mm. problems down right yeah so exactly i think this conflict conflict was something that danny and i struggle with a bit and i think it's for the reason that you're mentioning here i don't want to go too deep into it for our specific situation yet but i would love for you to give your tips around conflict resolution or what, what do you believe people need because you mentioned peace and progress being the two really fundamentals to a healthy relationship and i love those because what mm. i found is why the, while there are these the love languages and how do you sweep each other off our feet and have the dream relationship and whatnot the basics without the basics those things mm. you know, I, I i created a little bit of a quote which was um trust precedes fantasies mm. and i that that's really true for me in a relationship so I would love to get your kind of uh, what you would prescribe for both people to have to have as a baseline or any guidelines around healthy communication or conflict resolution. Mm. So conflict is healthy. Conflict is an indication that there is there needs to be some more communication. Uh, conflict is an indication of unmet expectation right Mm. and so it's something that don't necessarily see it as a barrier see it as a way into something okay Mm. now how someone handles conflict will determine whether or not that relationship can move and grow through conflict for example if you have someone that just shuts off that becomes really difficult to be able to to be able to deal with what needs to be dealt with because they're just emotionally blocking if you have someone that becomes aggressive and abusive through conflict, obviously that's very toxic and it's not healthy, okay, mm. um, and it can be very detrimental and impose trauma. Conflict is something that I believe needs to be handled almost like a terrorist and a friend at the same time, Okay. <laughs> So there needs to be this balance. For example, there's a certain way to communicate with men as you would with women. Uh, For men, I have a little formula that I tell all my women, and that is the first thing you need to do is affirm because I believe that the strongest love language of a man is words of affirmation. Mm. We want to be appreciated. We really want to be seen and appreciated. Exactly. Mm. Um, So let's say, for example, He's not doing um, anything around the house. He's not helping out with chores, okay? Typical sort of like resentment that will build up inside a, a woman like, oh, crap, why is he not doing anything, blah, 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 okay? Guilty of that, 
<laughs> right. <laughs> so going in and accusing him or attacking him is going to make him put his walls up. He's going to say, hang on a second, you don't see what I do, like you said, because men need that affirmation and appreciation and I'm not enough or I'm failing or, you know, like then he starts justifying and it all just becomes really messy and basically she's coming from a place of, well, you're, by you not doing this act, it means that you don't care enough about me in the relationship. And when that's not mm. why he's doing it, he's maybe just forgotten because he's busy and he's thinking, well, I do all this stuff instead, you know, mm. and it all just becomes this this messy sort of, again, miscommunication and, and, and expectation. So what I say is affirm first. I love when you do this for me. Affirm something that he either is doing first or affirm when he does do something. Okay. I love it when you help me with household choice. It makes me feel like I'm really supported. Okay. Mm. The second thing you do is you then, um, example. Okay. Explain. So you then explain men respond more to logic than they do emotion. Don't go and express. You never do this. You always do this, blah, 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 blah. Two words you should never use in a relationship is never and always. You never do this. You always do that. I love that. That is such a nugget in (laughs) itself. (laughs) Um, So then you explain, use logic. Um, You know, I, I find that, you know, at the end of the day, I'm super busy. I would just really appreciate it if you'd be able to just hang out the clothes because I'm trying to do this, this, and this. I, I see that you've done all this and I really appreciate that you've done all that sort of stuff, um, but I'm just getting a bit overwhelmed and it would really help me. Um, then what you do is you example. You give an example like you know, if you can hang out the clothes because I'm just trying to get on dinner because, you know, I feel like I can't do anything. I don't want to burn dinner because I know that you know, we want to have a nice dinner. Okay. So you're giving an example so that he can logically make something tangible and make sense of it. Yeah. You ask, you ask, you don't, I would say with the example as well, the more specific, the better. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and keep it simple. Keep it just to like one example. Don't go give an essay. You have to compartmentalize your conversations with men um, because they only process so many words you know, which is is normal. It's, so it's okay. It doesn't make men any more simple. It doesn't mean men are trying to avoid conflict or trying to avoid emotions. It just men's brains are wired differently. And if we understand as a woman, how a man thinks we're able to, to communicate in a way that he's able to more likely receive that communication, receive the mess behind that communication. Mm, I love Mm. that. That's amazing. Do you have any tips for men in the way to communicate Mm. to women i would love to hear that because that was great so i think for men when it comes to communicating with women is we talk to you because we want to feel heard we don't necessarily want you to fix the situation (laughs) right yeah Men go into, I need to fix this. Women are like, no, you just listen. You just listen. I just need to talk about this. I just need to say what I need to say and release this emotional buildup. Because what happens during puberty is um, there's a certain part of the brain which then takes a woman's emotion and turns them into words, okay? So it's a, it's a chemical sort of neurological pathway that gets built during puberty so women learn to be able to express word, emotions verbally. That doesn't happen for men. They literally learn it. So for us wanting to talk about things, hence why we speak 7,000 more words than a man in a day, 
Wow. It's not because we want you to just like fix it. We just want to talk about it and we just want you to listen. But the difference is we want you to be actively listening. So things yes. that men can do to, to show that they're actively listening are things like repeating back to us what it is that we said. Yes. You know, if I've just gone, you know, I just feel like I'm not supported and my girlfriends never call me anymore instead of a guy going, oh, well, then why don't you just call your girlfriends if you want to speak to them more, you know, <laughs> go get some new friends. It's like you don't understand me, you know. It would be <laughs> yeah. like I understand. Yeah, you're right. It must be yeah. really like affirming our feelings and affirming what you've heard from us so that we can feel, oh, he understood. Okay, I'm good now. Yeah, and recently since I've been embracing emotions more in my life, I know that feeling as well. When I just want to be understood, I just want to—I literally just want to vent about something or complain about it. And if I'm in an emotional state where I'm looking for just like understanding or support or to feel a sense of connection, if someone then comes in and just you know just tries to fix it, it just makes Mm. me feel really—it just makes the situation so much worse. Yeah, because it shuts down that release and that release is there for a reason. You know, Mm. suppression leads to depression and we need to be able to give ourselves permission to feel what we feel without fear of judgment. And I think Mm. one of the things, the reason why a lot of people suppress things in in relationships is because they're, they're scared that they don't have that safe ground to be able to be who they are in front of that person because they'll fix them or they'll try to judge them or they'll try to change them or they'll try to educate them and correct them. And as a coach... And a leader, one of the things you have to be aware of, especially as a relationship and dating coach, is that I don't turn you to a coach for my own fiance. You know, I have yeah. to understand that there are times where even when I want to say, well, you could just do this and this and this and this. And I remember back in the day when we went through our own problems, I literally wrote out a list for him. <laughs> and he's like, this is like, that was not the way to do it. Um, this was before I started coaching, guys. So you're happy to know I don't do that anymore. But, you know, it has to be. Don't go into rescue mode because this is what you do all the time for work. You know, mm. this is like, um, cause I'm sure there's other coaches out there listening. Um, it's about going, okay, I need to sometimes just be a partner to my partner. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. I would ask as well. I'd just say, what specifically would you like from me? Cause sometimes, Absolutely. sometimes, you know, w- when I was with Danny, she'd actually want some practical support and like, I just want you to help me make this happen. You know? And yeah. I'm like, Sometimes I'd do the wrong thing. Sometimes she, like I'd, I'd confuse it. She'd say, oh, I want some support. And then so yeah. start fixing it. She's like, no, I just want you to listen. And sometimes yeah. she'd want some support and I'd just listen. She's like, just do something for me. Like, make this happen. <laughs> it's like, man, I'm getting this whole thing. I can't off. win. <laughs> <laughs> but then asking made it helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And then that's the thing, like always ask. Don't accuse, don't demand. Demand is do this asking is, you know, like, (laughs) what do you think, you know, or is there a better way that we can do this? Um, Asking brings back that balance of we're on the same team here. And that's the thing you've got to look at. It's not me versus you. It's us versus the problem. Mm, I love that. I really love Mm. that. Uh, One thing that's like stood out for me uh, really, really massively because it was a it was a sticking point with my last relationship is being able to make progress the peace and the progress piece that you mentioned is so powerful because for Mm. us and i know my best friend and his relationship they have conflict and they have some wild conflict and they're they're conscious people but they let their emotions out and Mm. they always move forward 
even stronger off the back end of conflict, yeah. which is what it's yeah. for. Like that's what conflict. Yeah, being absolutely. in business has been really helpful for me because you have to solve things regularly and resolve things regularly with people in mm. the business. And mm. if anyone brings something out that's like a, a resentment they've held on to or something that was miscommunicated or a way that they feel, and then it gets resolved, you're actually closer afterwards. Mm. Um, but yeah, we found it very difficult to do that. And yeah, that, that's just re- been really, really powerful. It's look, it depends on the person, like, because you can't control how someone else responds to conflict, you can't control their reaction. Mm. All you can do is encourage. And I think, you know, this is why investing in mentorship, counseling, coaching for me, it's love education, it's being taught how to make love and, and life easier. Um, and the more that I do this and the more that I get into it, the more I realise the world just is so in desperate need of some sort of guidance when it comes to yeah. fundamentals in love. Yeah. You know, we've got, we go to university for our career. We, exactly. you know, we go to prenatal classes for our pregnancy. But it's like, what are we doing for our relationships? Yeah. I think we have to drop, drop the stigma. And I think mm. it's like, especially in the older, <clears throat> older generations, the stigma around coaching or counseling, meaning that there's a really big problem that you should be ashamed about yeah. in the relationship yeah. versus proactive. I, mm. I have coaches in pretty much every area of my life. I always do, mm. which makes it so much easier. I just don't understand how people, and I had a pretty unhealthy upbringing. And so, mm. there's, you know, I've arguably got more shit to work through <laughs> and <so I laughs> sought out more help, but uh, I can't imagine navigating through life without extra support. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you seen Brene Brown's um, Anatomy of Trust video? No, I don't think I have. Breaks. No, I haven't seen that one. One thing I want to bring up that I'd love to get your perspective on, and she's got this process called braving, and there's like this acronym mm. of seven different kind of pieces that she says are the building blocks of trust. Like if you have these seven things, these are the different seven parts of trust, and you need them to have a trusting relationship, and it's, it, it creates a way to identify where you might not be creating trust, or mm. someone that you're in a relationship with might not be creating trust with you. But the the end, the the second last letter in the acronym is non-judgment. And you mm. mentioned that before when you're communicating, like you need to be able to communicate in in the relationship with non-judgment to keep the peace. And mm. um, but a big th- a distinction that she says is that if you aren't vulnerable and can't actually share your own problems and talk through them. And this was a bit of a sticking point with me being kind of like more of like a, a closed book at times. Mm. If, if you can't share your problems because you think that makes you look weaker or, or vulnerable in a bad way, you're, you can't not be judging the other person when they do the same with you. You can't. Mm. If you inherently believe that it's weaker for you to share vulnerably what's going on for you, then when someone else comes and to console on you, they don't trust you as much because they know that you ultimately have some kind of judgment. Even if it's on yourself, it's still going to get projected when someone comes to you for support. And so I feel like that vulnerability is so important. And I'm wondering, mm. do, you, do you have any like, uh, do you have a specific uh, way that you suggest that people uh, start conversations or facilitate conversations together in a relationship? You know what, I think one of the biggest things which isn't talked about enough, which encourages intimacy, vulnerability, trust and everything like that, is honour. I think Mm. that if we actually shift our focus to honouring our partner and them honouring us, when I talk about honour, I mean 
Honor is giving weight to something. Honor is seeing something values or someone's value and recognizing that openly and verbally. Mm. And I think if we're able to do that, that person feels like I'm recognized here, I'm seen here, therefore I feel safe here. Mm. And that safety is then what encourages the trust and the vulnerability. Mm. Um, for women, that's an proactive. easy way. That's, that's yeah. something you do proactive, right? And it's something that um, is, is really loving behaviour as well. You know, you've got to think about it. It's not just love and feeling. It's like, well, what is love in action? And love in action is something that, again, encourages trust and encourages better communication during conflict. You know, if we understand what love is in an action, like we've pretty much solved most of our problems in a relationship, you know. Mm. But as the, the thing is, is people don't know, aren't aware of what it looks like in action. For example, your husband comes home um, and you, you don't even turn your back like to, to welcome him or to smile or to say, oh, hey, honey, how's your day sort of thing. You're just doing this and, oh, he comes home. He's like, hey, honey, you're like, oh, yeah, hi. And then you're just busy doing your own thing because you're focused on this and that. For me, that is dishonouring behaviour. Mm. You know, I always make a point whenever Stan walks through the door, it's like seeing him for the first time. Not wow. every single time like, oh, my God, I don't worship him and put him on a pedestal. I'm not saying put your partner on a pedestal. That is unhealthy. What I'm saying is acknowledge them acknowledge them even in the simple ways it's like when a dog hasn't seen you for two minutes and then it sees you it's like oh my god how much love do you feel from a dog right you know yeah. you've got dogs just you're dogs just like it's just like they're just awesome they make you feel so loved so prioritized so valued every single time why because yeah. they give you their attention and i feel safest and i know most people feel safest around their their dog yeah because, because there's, no, there's just unconditional love and they exactly yeah, and they really do want you And that's the thing, like simple things like acknowledging someone when they walk through the door, acknowledging what they've done. Um, You know, a man honouring a wife would be something as simple as um, she's cooked a nice meal. Actually, instead of just devouring into it, being like, thank you so much for cooking this. This is a really great meal. You know, still stand every single meal that I cook, she's like, sure, this is really nice. And sometimes it's not that nice, you know. And it's not the, not the like, oh, I'm just trying to like say something and not and being insincere. It's like, no, no, I see what you're doing. I recognize what you're doing. And I, and I'm trying to place value on you and I'm honoring that. And that makes you feel like, okay, I feel loved by this person. Therefore, mm. I want to let my walls down and reveal even more about myself to this person because I feel that who I am is enough. And that's usually one of the reasons why we pull back mm. when it comes to vulnerability and trust because we don't believe that who we are is enough. So then, yeah. therefore, why would we reveal it to someone else? Because it's like putting everything on the line and we're naked there in front of them, you know? It's going, no, no, no. And so if we can start to nurture an environment that encourages and speaks to them subconsciously and consciously, yes, who you are is enough, we guarantee that there's going to be way more vulnerability and trust and desire to want to be more vulnerable with each other without forcing it out of the other person. Yeah. I would love for you to talk. That's beautiful, right? This whole interview has just been like boom, 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 just power-packed knowledge (laughs) bombs has been dropped like crazy. And I just want to keep milking you for these (laughs) knowledge bombs. (laughs) Um, So I was going to say that. So what would you – oh, yeah. So when it comes to living in a, a relationship in this, I feel like the world's getting more busy. We're trying to fit more things in. 
we have our health to take care of and we're all expected to be like, you know, fitness mm. athlete style with our health. And so we're all expected to have great relationships with our family and have a big friends group. And there's so many and thrive in our careers. And there's a lot, of, a lot more mm. demands mm. that we all have. And I know for me, I definitely struggled to get the balance right between living my own life mm. as, as an individual and then living fully in the relationship um, and then having my partner also live her full life. And just, how, could you talk to any tips that you have around how to balance, uh, what that balance can look like in terms of having the courage to kind of, because for me, I was nervous sometimes that I was going to upset my partner if I went and took myself away for a weekend, for example. Can you mm. talk about like how that can be healthily established, getting like keeping yourself, being yourself, keeping your own independence and your own personality alive in a relationship? Mm. Well, I think that it's very important that each person has their own sense of, a strong sense of identity and strong sense of purpose before they get into a relationship. Mm. Um, and then that, that is nurtured. And I believe that if you do have a strong sense of purpose and a strong sense of identity, it also help you choose a better partner who will nurture that within you who won't try to take it from you or, again, they'll, they'll cling to your identity because they haven't found their own. So I think, you know, wanting to build a healthy relationship starts obviously with yourself. It starts with mm-hmm. going, okay, what is it that I want in life? What's my sense of contribution? What is it that I'm doing? Who am I outside of love? Who am I mm-hmm. outside of attachment? And then when you align with someone Again, setting the pace in the beginning of the relationship. Um, and what I mean by setting the pace, I mean I only see each other once a week for the first four weeks. Mm. I only see each other maybe two times a week for the next four weeks. Um, no going over to each other's house. No going into that familiar relationship territory before you get to know them. Um, try hold back on the first kiss for at least the first two to three weeks if you can. Delaying things. Delaying wow. rush. Delaying the the sexual chemistry in a way that then confuses your character assessment of the person that you're with okay wow Um, it's really powerful because i don't think many people would do that no no and and it's difficult to do you know especially when you really like someone and then of course like (laughs) the more that you can't have it the more that you want it you know and it's and that's why like if you've got your own thing going on and you're still doing that whilst you're still getting to know someone, it automatically helps to create that balance. Mm. It's not about prevention. Sorry, it's not about, sorry, adaption. It's about prevention. We shouldn't always be just doing damage control. If we know how to prevent certain things from happening right from the start, then we're not finding that we constantly have to adapt. Mm. The only thing that you should really be adapting to in a relationship is when things happen out of your control right? Mm. Uh, circumstances, maybe family death, a job loss, uh, you know, um, things that, you know, will maybe be triggered as well. Um, because as you get to know that person, maybe PTSD will come up because of an event again, triggers at this and that, that should be the adaption part. You shouldn't be going into a relationship and going, Oh, but who am I now that I'm in a relationship that, ideally is stuff that you should be able to figure out beforehand if you want to set yourself up for a healthy relationship i understand that there's people who get into a relationship without having love education first and then they do have to adapt but i think setting the pace again helps you still keep you in amongst building a we i think that having uh social circles 
the girls have, she has her friends, you have your friends, you have friends that you create together and you still nurture those different areas of your life. Mm. I think, again, use conflict as a signal that something's thrown off balance. Um, for example, if you're fighting because of just like the littlest things, maybe that's an indication that you need to have a bit of space apart. What happened was, was during quarantining, obviously a lot of couples were put together and that relationship either completely fell apart or it got stronger Yeah, because people were forced into an unnatural situation, which was, okay, spend 24-7 with each other every day, all day in a tiny room, don't go see your friends, don't go to your different work environments, just be with each other. We're not designed to do that, mm. you know. Um, and so you need to, if you're finding that you're in a situation, for example, if you have a husband and wife who work together, you own your own business, right, so you're in the same environment altogether, find times when you can go and even to separate rooms. So you've got at least some physical space to start the mental space that you might need to process some things to feel that you can get your own balance or just recenter back to yourself. Yeah, that's beautiful advice. And the proactive, the proactivity there around for the first, and it's very clear as well. So for the dudes watching, they're going to be like, yeah, yeah, I can follow. <laughs> One catch up a week for the first four weeks, two for the next four weeks, yeah. and then just kind of going from there and also not escalating things too rapidly. And this yeah. is this is if you're looking for your, you know, your divine life partner, right? You know, some people yeah. might want to go out there and have more casual relationships and it would probably apply a little bit differently there. Yeah, it, it depends. Like everyone's different and what they want. I think for me there's no such thing as casual sex. I believe attachments are formed every time that you have sex with someone. Yes. But I understand I that people, you know, as long as you're communicating your expectation of that casual relationship to the other person because you're not the only person in that relationship, even though mm. it's not a committed relationship, um, then then okay. And at least you're being honest and transparent about what it is that you want to someone else. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, cool. This is this has been incredible. I feel like we could talk for absolutely mm. hours on end about this stuff. And I've gotten so much value from this myself. So thank you so much. I've got one more question that I'd love to ask, but before I do where can people, where are people best to find you online? Like where would you like to direct people to, to be able to thank you for your time and, and reach out if they, they'd like to do coaching with you or just to, to say what they learned from the interview? Um, you can either go to my Instagram, which is just my name, Renee Slansky, or my YouTube channel, which is just my name, Renee Slansky. Yeah, you've got um, quite the following on YouTube, don't you as well? Yeah, I think it's 81,000 <clears throat> 81, or something like that. Um, incredible. Yeah, it's um, and look, I, I, it's not that I'm slack with content. I'm so busy with clients and everything at the moment. It's more for me. I, I try to get out a video once a week. Sometimes I don't, and that's purely because I'm not just going to put stuff out for the sake of putting stuff out. I yeah. like for me. I'm passionate about love education. I'm passionate about educating a generation on how to love effectively and love in the way that love's meant to be done. Yeah, amazing. So I would encourage everyone to at least jump on Instagram and follow Renee Slansky. It's R-E-N-E-E-S-L-A-N-S-K-I. Is that right? Why? 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 I was like, wow, yes. if I nailed that, I would have been impressed. <laughs> no, me too. <laughs> so go check out Renee on Instagram, but send her a message. And I've, there's still another question I'm going to ask you, but I just wanted to make sure that people got across and could send you a message to say, mm. I know for me, I love getting messages from people that, mm. especially if there's something meaningful that was said that made a difference for you, just yeah. send a message and yeah. say thanks. Absolutely. Uh, and if you've got questions about coaching, it, it would 
uh, Renee's an amazing coach, very fully booked at the moment, but you know, would, would always welcome an inquiry. Um, and before we jump onto the last question, I want to honor you, Renee, because you're such a phenomenal leader. You just mentioned your mission right there about educating a generation on what healthy love looks like. You're such a beautiful balance between being a, a, a powerful woman and a leader, being a feminine woman, and then also being able to have this beautiful integration between those two where you've got the maturity. And I feel like that's a lot of thing that's, uh, it's a, it's a little bit lacking in this uh, at the moment. People are either like mm. really rigid or they're like hypersexual and there's, it's just like putting things in a really balanced perspective uh, in a really mature way. And mm. there's so much wisdom there and so much maturity. Like I was saying that before the call, like you're really thank mature. You. It's, it's phenomenal. And I just want to say thank you for being so, such a devoted coach. And I was Renee's first ever client, by the way, guys. You were? <laughs> <laughs> and you're an amazing coach. So for me just to jump in and be your first client and then for, for you to, like I would have had no idea that you hadn't done that before in that capacity. Yeah. So yeah, you've just done so incredibly well over the last four or five years, how long it's been. And, you know, I'm so grateful for all your coaching and, and what you've done for me and you just do phenomenal work. So thank you for being you and thank you for coming on today. Thank you. My pleasure. So, my last question is if you, if someone, if a student came to you or like a prospective student and said, Hey, I want to give you a million dollars and I genuinely, I'm going to give you a million dollars. And all I want to exchange is one either activity to do um, or piece of advice to give. But I just want one thing from you, what you would consider to be the most valuable thing that you could possibly offer me for a million dollars. What would that mm. one piece of advice be oh gosh that's so re- like relevant to the person um totally i usually pre-frame that by the way and if you can't get to know them and you don't know anything about them it's just mm, mm. um gosh to generalize it um in one sentence you, you are your it. own you are your own rescue mm, how and that's you know it's something that especially for women more so they're always looking for the prince charming and wanting to be rescued and this and that it's like you you are your you are your own rescue you are your own fairy tale Mm -hmm. and you know i think um practically speaking so that's like you know the quote of the day but practically speaking get educated (laughs) Like mm. get love educated. There is so much free love education out there on YouTube books. This There's and that. This awesome YouTube channel called Renee Slansky. <laughs> I know this. Eighty thousand subscribers. <laughs> so many amazing videos. Just go div- divulge that. Just go get it. I think it's it's really difficult to like put it into one phrase because men were different to women and. Um, it really depends on the person. I find that usually with each person that I speak to, there usually is one thing that they need to do focus on, that they need to focus on for where they're at right now. Um, But that's that I get like what you're saying is like mm. the answer is in you, not in someone else. And that's the most powerful thing because I know you from working with you. I know that when we start working together, there were so many practical tips and advice you'd give me around. I should even to the the detail of I should message back saying this kind of thing. Um, But ultimately, you are fundamentally getting me to understand how I can love myself and heal myself and uh, 
yeah, become more confident in who I was and grounded and worthy in who I was. And then taking that to a relationship. So there were true healthy individuals that could come together and love each other. Yeah, absolutely. Progress isn't pretty. Um, purpose is a lifetime destination that we never arrive at. You know, all these things that it's just like love is something that needs to be done in action, not just felt. I mean, there's just so many things that would be really written, too hard. You've just to written it. a quote, quote book that we can exactly. back into this. <laughs> We're my new lead generation. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I've had an absolute blast. Really appreciate it, Renee. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I always love talking to you, Ryan, and you've just been amazing watching your journey grow through through everything, like I said, business, personal development, relationships, and just want to honour you as well for the people that you lead, for stepping out into this podcast, for following your heart, for going into that zone that causes even more growth in areas that you know that can trigger anxiety i think that you know it takes courage and um i think that there's still so much greatness to come for you as well thank you so much renee massive love. my pleasure Thank you so much, beautiful human, for taking the time to tune into today's episode. It means the world to both me and our amazing guest that we had on today. Now, for those of you who are at love level a million and really want to help contribute to the growth of this podcast, here's how you can do so. The first thing you could do is rate and review the podcast. It gets the message out there and that is something that means a lot to me and I heavily appreciate it. The second thing you could do is actually reach out and say hello. I love getting DMs from people. Instagram's the place, the Ryan Magic, and just send me a, a message either telling me about your story, asking a question, or letting me know how the podcast has made a difference to you. And the third thing is staying on this journey with me. I'm doing these podcast episodes for both of our growth. And the essence behind this podcast, Grow with Ryan Magic, Grow being with double O, the infinity sign actually symbolizes that you never stop growing. And if you can make a devotion and a commitment to yourself to keep showing up, keep learning and do your best to implement the growth strategies while at the same time bringing your fulfillment on the journey. So thank you again for showing up today, showing up for you. I love you, I appreciate you, and I'm so grateful, and I can't wait to see you on the next episode of the Grow with Ryan Magic podcast.